The blast from our past network. This week on Talking Back, find out where omnipotent beings go for vacation. Talking Back. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I am your host, Tim, and with me this week in studio is the Star Trek crew, Jay and Terry. Hey Tim. Hello there. Welcome back, guys. It's been a little while. Yeah, it has been. It's been it's good to be back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is good to be back. Because when you guys are here, it means I got to watch some Star Trek. That makes me happy. <laughs> it does for me. <laughs> Terry, you look shocked. <laughs> like, is that what we're here for? <laughs> Star Trek? Nobody told me. I thought we were doing a movie. <laughs> yeah, this is one of our more, our and more episodes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what our Star Trek fits into. Oh, right. That's right. Yeah. What have you guys been up to, Star Trek-wise? I only want to hear about your Star Trek journeys. Uh, Jay, get... any new tattoos? No new tattoos. No, nothing to show. Terry, any tattoos? No tattoos. Trek, I'm working tattoo. on them, though. We're going to go together someday. Yeah, I might come with you. Yeah, yeah. That'd be fun. Wesley, we're going to get Wesley. <laughs> In like and, pieces. And Jake Sisko. <laughs> pieces? In a hug. Oh, like we got to stand like you, oh, side yeah. by side. You can have the head. The you can have the head. Terry, you can have the lower crotch area. <laughs> if we're going to do that, we're going to do Riker too. Yeah, sure. Riker too. No, I, I, I mean, since what's been going on, I mean, I've been getting versed in a lot of the new Trek that's out there. Okay. We, we won't talk about it today, but it's... Yeah, uh, sometime. Yeah, I haven't someday. gotten into it so much. Yeah, it's it's a commitment, but we'll, you know, immersing myself a little bit with that. So nice. Maybe a conversation for another day. Yeah, that sounds good. I've been watching earlier Voyager episodes with, uh, with Andrea and doing catch up on that, and I've been watching some Enterprise and just some random uh, Next Gen. Still watching Enterprise, eh, Terry? I do like even though it's awful. <laughs> no, even though it's the worst. That's not true. <laughs> that's not true. Well, we haven't talked about that yet. Uh, about Enterprise? Yeah. Uh, we could just play the theme song over and we'll over see. again if you're really dying. <laughs> see, how many, see how many episodes in we get before we get desperate. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, you're not. I, no, like, <laughs> no, I'm actually not. I know. But I'm not going to be judgy because I know people like different Star Treks. So. Yep. So. I know Voyager is my favorite. I know people hate that. They hate Voyager. So it's fine. People you're, can like what they want to like. As, yeah. a, as a tear falls down your cheek. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, but, uh, this week we are going to do a Voyager episode. Now I kind of threw it out to you guys, what you wanted to, uh, chat about. And Terry, you were very quick on the draw to throw a Q episode out. You wanted to talk about Q. Only after you shut down the Enterprise theme song over and over again for well, two hours straight. Shutting anything Enterprise down. <laughs> uh, there are a couple Enterprise episodes I do like that we could get to, uh, but that's going to be... That's going to be it. Maybe two. Yeah, at least at least for another few years. Yeah, we, we, won't, we don't need to get them <laughs> we, we, for a while. We have lots of Voyager episodes to go through. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so what is it What is it about Q that you wanted to talk about Q here today so Q, much? If uh, somebody were asking me my favorite race in all of Star Trek, Q would be it. If it is technically a single race. So the Q yeah, continuum, the Q a, characters. Uh, to me, they have the ability to be the most interesting characters in all of Star Trek because of what they can do. More which than is anybody else. which is any they can do anything right yeah, near like, near godlike yeah omnipotent with like endless abilities and mm-hmm. just kind of show up do whatever they want and, and no morals no morals they kind of yeah yeah they uh 
walk to the beat of their own drum. Mm-hmm. They get in the way. They seem to get bored and then show up on Star Trek just looking for a little <laughs> bit of excitement. That's true. That, so That's what's great about them is anytime they appear in any Star Trek, they flip the script of the episode. You don't really mm-hmm. know what you're going to be getting. So Yeah, exactly. Well, um, yeah, so what, what we decided on here was Q2 is the name of the episode from Voyager from Season 7. So this is kind of kind of right near the end of things um it was episode 19 of season seven and it aired on april 11th 2001 now this episode was directed by lavar burton Mm -hmm. who has the trophy for the most like star trek actor directing credits across the star trek series so uh, he always does good he always does good stuff so that's fun right on that's saying quite a bit because uh Roxanne Dawson does a ton too. She does, yeah, she does a lot. Um, yeah, there's a few of them who've, who've done a whole bunch of different stuff, but he uh, he's got the trophy. It's sitting in, on his mantle right now, <laughs> beside his visor. <laughs> um, that would be a pretty good piece to have on your your mantle. He probably does have that. Yeah, I would think if they have more than one, no wonder. Yeah, they probably do. For sure, because what would happen if they lost Somebody one, and then on they it. can't they can't shoot the episode because they're looking for Jordy's visor? <laughs> I guess we're writing them with vision today. <laughs> That'd be a big shit hap. Uh, okay, well, it's start date seven four one two two, and uh, we we normally also preface the episode by letting everybody know that Jay has an amazing Star Trek tattoo. Oh yeah, let me so hold it up. There you go. Holding it's it up right to the there. microphone. It's glorious. Everyone can see it. I will <laughs> be adding to it eventually. I'm, I'm actually thinking about putting. Other ship schematics kind of on the other side of my forearm. Yeah, maybe that'd be cool. a bird of prey or something. That'd be awesome. But yeah, I'm all yeah. about the schematics. So. Neelix's Talaxian ship. I like it. Oh, no, fuck not that. Neelix. Oh, <laughs> Terry. Terry. Enterprise fan, Neelix fan, <laughs> Jake Cisco fan, Wesley <laughs> fan. Wesley. What else? Uh, the blue I, guy that's Naomi Wildman. <laughs> I, I, I apparently have no taste. <laughs> Oh, we're just giving you the gears, Terry. It's a different, different kind of taste. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like your taste buds are gone or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I kid. Okay, listen. Um, the, the background for this episode, though, is kind of interesting because do you guys remember the episode The Q and the Gray? Hmm. It happened four years earlier. And it's this episode where the continuum, which you mentioned the continuum already, Terry, that's like the society of Q. Like that's what they call themselves is the continuum continuum. Uh, they were all like at odds with each other mm-hmm. and they were having like a civil war. Oh yes. And yeah. that kind of manifested itself into like an actual looking civil war. So that's kind of what we were seeing yeah. visually because that's how the cues wanted to represent it to Voyager uh, so they could understand what was happening. And the way that that one ended was that two cues ended up having a child in an attempt to bring balance to the force. <laughs> I don't know if I should do a or I should just give you a salty look for that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'll accept either. Are you uh, going to mention how they they uh, got it on to, to bring on? A, I don't remember how they got it on. Do you remember? Um, they either I think did it was something just a, as, as uh, yeah, or, or they, they didn't they like bump knuckles or something they like that at and the same time or something. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they they made a kid. Yeah, so I um I know that Q wanted to mate with Janeway in that episode. He's like, "Come on, oh, let's. Right. Uh, I want you to be the mother of the child." And she's just like, 
no way no way i'm doing that <laughs> I, I think they just touched fingertips and yeah. then jamie was like that was it yeah <laughs> yeah i remember yeah. the end of that i think so um so that's kind of the backstory to this one is that episode and it's cool that that happened uh four seasons earlier mm-hmm. right like we we've, we've covered a couple episodes that um have had maybe like a 15 18 um episode uh, gap between them mm-hmm. and they purposefully like you know lay lay um a foundation and then kind of pick it up later so this one is a it's it's really interesting that they went that far removed from the timeline and then kind of came back and, and brought it back together so i i like that i appreciate it i think it's pretty cool sometimes i wonder and i'll never know probably but uh i wonder when they're doing it intentionally like okay we did something this this episode, and about five or six episodes, I want to add this to it. And we need some time to pass. And sometimes I wonder when they just made a really great episode, and they thought back years later and said, you know what? That was a really cool idea. Let's let's grow on that. And uh, um, it just came because it was naturally a good episode, and they wanted to continue it after the fact. Yeah. Like, uh, but I'll never know because they don't. They don't well, share there, there, there could have been a, a consensus among the writers to write episodes and leave them somewhat open-ended. Mm-hmm. So if they wanted to do that, they could. But I think a lot of the episodes, I think these are just writers that have these grand ideas of stories they want to tell. And and to Tim, like what Tim said, it's beautifully done the way they break them up and they lay foundations on one side and they revisit it again maybe a season later. Uh, it's just really smart. Yes, definitely. I would think in this situation that they just went back to that earlier episode and thought we could probably like do something with this. Mm-hmm. They probably didn't have a grand scheme for this one. Um, maybe though, like w- when you have that idea of, okay, these two cues are going to have a kid. It makes sense that you would want to do an episode later on about that. Cause mm-hmm. that opens up so many possibilities. Yep. Maybe they, maybe they did know about it and all they needed to do was give some time for this kid to grow up. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows? But we, we start this episode off with Icheb, who is a new character to us on this podcast because we haven't covered an episode that he's been in yet. He, mm-hmm. I think he comes aboard in season five or six or something like that in a very cool way. But we've never um, we've never talked about him. And I really like Icheb. I always have. I'm like, going to be honest. I'm not a huge child actor fan. Uh, I like to rip on a lot of the child actors who are in these series. Um, even in movies in general, I've never really seen a child actor that I liked. Except for... Um, in the case of Interview with the Vampire. Mm, Kirsten Dunst. And Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, she was a tremendous child actor. But um, each of... I don't know if it was... He, maybe he was a little bit older. Like, he's like a teenager in this. Mm-hmm. He, he's near adulthood. He's like 17 Yeah. And he's also... The, the role he's playing, like playing a Borg, um, he, just, he does an excellent job at it. But mm-hmm. we don't kind of get some of those more annoying qualities that... Like, if you're just acting like a human, you know, might come across to us, the viewer. Yeah. Which I think annoys me just, he comes across as mature right off the bat yeah and i think like the character of being a borg helps with that right like yeah. if he was playing a vulcan i think the same thing i'd probably really you know really be into that character because it's just i don't know less mm-hmm. annoying yeah. does that make sense <clears throat> if he, he does t- if he is a talaxian would have thrown him out of the air <laughs> so. he would never agree to be a talaxian 
<laughs> uh, yeah. What do you guys think of Ichab? Do you like him? Um, see, I hadn't watched season five in a while to see where he came from. And uh, it's been a little while since I've seen him in there. But he always came across as older than he, he appears. More mature. You know? Yeah. And um, I got the sense out of him somewhat like seven and nine, but less cold. You know, they're both utilitarian, right to the point, got uh, most efficient method of doing something. and um, But I don't remember his character well enough to delve deeper. And that's a perfect segue into my comment, because I always felt he needed more character development. I, so? I, I feel that we we grew with Seven. We saw her, her successes, her failures uh, all throughout the series. And then when they brought him on board, um, I, maybe deep down I was expecting... A little bit of a different road for him, uh, but um, there there was always something fascinating about him because he he was I don't know it's hard to explain like there was potential there, and I felt like the show ended before we could really see it. Like, yeah, I, I, I get mm-hmm. that. I get that. I I think it is really cool that we have bored children, right? Like yeah. um, the episode we should probably cover it, so I won't get too much into it. But the episode where uh, him and three other children come aboard. Uh, is this great episode where um, the the four of them, their their children, each of is the oldest. Then you've got like I don't know, maybe a couple of um, thirteen year olds and maybe like a ten year old, something like that. Mm-hmm. They're Borg drones and they're still running a like a Borg cube, I think, that's been damaged. Uh, and Voyager comes across it, and these four like child drones on the on the cube put up a huge fight against Voyager, and Voyager's just able to kind of get them and get them on board, and then they go through the process of integrating them into the crew the same way they did with Seven, mm-hmm. right? And you already have this character of Seven who's gone through all that, so she kind of takes them all under her wing and uh, mentors them. So yeah. it's, it's really neat, um, but I didn't really like those other three as much as Ichab. But uh, I agree, Jay, that they didn't they didn't really like expand too much on his character. They kind of did some things, but um, I don't remember if uh, if he had any like episodes based around himself you know maybe like he was more of like a a background uh a yeah, character I, for most of it i think i think they're <clears throat> pardon me they were essentially written to complete seven's arc i think um because like you said she became the mentor she mm-hmm. and and that was really cool and and to this episode that we're going to talk about that's the first time where i really see a little more of Ichab's personality yeah and uh and it was fun watching him yeah, it's a good episode for him, this yeah. one. Yeah, And it'll become clear why he's important in this one, because of what he is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So Icheb is in Janeway's ready room, and he's giving her a report, a history report of Captain Kirk. Now, it's interesting because, like, first of all, he's, he's Borg, right? So his um, presentation is, like, going to be way longer than it's supposed mm-hmm. to be. It's like... Uh, it looks like Janeway's ready to tap out, and she asks, "Like, are we done?" And he's like, "Oh, that was chapter one of thirty-four. Like, yeah. he's like, but his report. He's She's like, already hey, ready to give him an A. You passed. You passed. It's all good." But um, something interesting about his report is that he includes that in the year twenty-two seventy, Captain Kirk completed his historic five-year mission. Mm-hmm. Now that is a piece of canon that had never been spoken of until this moment. So the beginning of, you know, the original Star Trek series are always saying like our five-year mission is to whatever, but they never actually said that that five-year mission ended. But right here in his report, he is saying that at this, this was the conclusion of his Mm five-year mission. So that was a neat little like nugget that they threw in there. Yeah. 
That's probably because the original series ended after three years. Didn't get to the five-year mark, knew. so we yeah, never knew. knew we what never got to see. Well, I guess that's where the movies came into play, right? Yeah, twenty, 20 years later. Because yeah. at some point they call it their, or, or is it um, next generation? At some point, someone is saying our continuing mission, mm-hmm. yep. right? Not just is I that think that's ne- next, next gen? gen? That's next, next gen. gen. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So <clears throat> um, now, uh, still in the ready room, we see a new teenager just appear, mm-hmm. and we we don't know who this is. This teenager is in Starfleet attire, and he's very cocky. Mm-hmm. And I also noticed uh, it was very interesting, but the music shifted oh. as soon as we saw him to like a more uh, like maniacal kind of evil music. So that's our cue not to like this guy, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, which I didn't catch. I didn't. I didn't like catch that the first couple times, but I've seen this a lot of times. But it took me a while to realize how they were using the music yeah. uh, in this one. I didn't catch it myself. Yeah, wow, great observation. Kind of, kind of neat. I'm half bored, by the way, so I'm uh, attuned to to, yeah, attuned to those to types of things. <laughs> oh, you, you jerk! That's why you don't like Enterprise, Terry. You can see yourself out, sir. <laughs> I will, but I'll take all the beer with me. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. That stays. That stays. Um, then what happens is we see Q. So we all know Q, John right? Delancey. John Delancey. He's played Q ever since Q has. Um, existed. It, I think the first episode of uh, Next Generation mm-hmm. is, it, is, Far it, point. Yeah, yeah. is a Q episode. Um, we we talk of like the Q all call themselves Q. Like they are all Q, however many mm-hmm. there are. But he's the one that we know most of. He's always the one showing up in the humans' yeah. timelines and interfering. So um, John Delancey plays him brilliantly. He's great. He's an excellent, excellent actor and just a perfect role for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but what he's doing here is... He says that this other kid in the Starfleet attire is his son. And he like grabs him and brings him over. And he's like, can't you, can't you see the resemblance? And I love that because yeah. this is his son in real life. Is it? Is it it's really? actually his son. That's fantastic. I didn't know Actually, that. now that I think about it, I can see a little bit of resemblance. It's just even their mannerisms and the yeah. way they behave, they're very similar. Yeah. yeah. I thought it's I was son. imagining it like, for, yeah. like the acting. but uh, son Keegan Delancey. I didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah, so that's, that, great. That, that's really so they they throw that fun little thing and like can't you see the resemblance that's right fantastic. like yeah, it's it's fun it's it's a lot of fun this is a fun episode by the way it is it's a lot of fun now um they uh, Q says the last time that Janeway saw him was four years ago when he was just a baby mm-hmm. and uh, we'll call him Q Junior he's like yeah. can't you recognize him <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't you recognize him <laughs> and he was like a little toddler or something at the time. yeah but or, uh, like Q one Ju- day old yeah Q Junior says uh, that she, uh, he remembered her calling him cute <laughs> when he was like <laughs> just he was just a baby he was just born and she's like well how, how do you know that and he's like oh he's cute I'm a Q um, so what's going on here is that Q Junior is taking a vacation. And Q Sr. thought that the best place for him to take it would be on Voyager, <laughs> right? Like, what could go wrong? Because the universe is so small, right? You <laughs> yeah. can't not land on Voyager. So he's four years old. He's a four-year-old Q who is, like, basically resembles, like, maybe a 16 or 17-year-old teenager. Yeah. So that's fun. Now, uh, it's he's on board for about 20 minutes. And he says he's toured the entire ship already. And all he's seen is, quote, bipeds pushing buttons bipeds replacing relays and bipeds running diagnostics <laughs> and you, you can't disagree with him that's yeah. true he makes it sound very dry i do i do, what, I do wonder yeah. what the natural state of q is when they're not bipeds because he brings up the fact that everybody else is yeah 
I like that. And then uh, he wants to have some fun, so he suggests that they fly into fluidic space <laughs> and fight species A four seven two, or they uh, detonate a few omega molecules. Um, Janeway is not interested in either of those. Uh, so what he does is he turns engineering into a rave. Oh, that was great! Oh, that was awesome. That was great. <laughs> a- weird aliens all over the place, and they're all drinking, and the yeah. music's going. Um, Who's going to that rave? Jay, are you going to that rave? Oh, I was there. You were there? You yeah, were in there? there? The time. I, I, I think Paris was there the whole time. <laughs> Paris, he's probably there. I didn't even remember seeing Paris in this episode, now that I think about it. Yeah, he's in it later on. Is he? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the warp, there, remember the warp core is just flashing all crazy colors, <laughs> and it's just, it's uh, one hell of a disco. Detention to detail in the episode. It's an LED good. warp core. Yeah. Uh, there are definitely some actors um, in this one who had the week off, but Paris, Paris was in it. Now... I mean, this whole time, Janeway's been reluctant to even have him on board. Oh, she doesn't want him. Uh, she hasn't agreed to anything. Nobody right. ever wants you a You don't Q negotiate with the Q, really, <laughs> no. right? They just do what they want. There's a scene at the very beginning when uh, Q's trying to convince her. And he says to his son, like, oh, maybe we should we should have checked with Jean-Luc. And it's just, <laughs> I cracked up at that part because it's... Uh, Q. You know, if, if you watch Next Gen, you know the relationship Jean-Luc yeah. and Q have. and It's it's actually kind of similar to Janeway and a, Q. A little bit, uh, yeah. they, they both barely tolerate him. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a funny moment, yeah. Um, just that she might... <laughs> he may have, like, misread, <clears throat> misread the cards and think, you know, Janeway might be the best, uh, like, mentor for yeah. her junior, but maybe that's not going to be the case because she's completely against it. Obviously, yeah. look what this guy's done mm-hmm. in, like, half an hour already. Um, she demands that he turn uh, engineering back to normal. And he says, Junior, this is, he says that he's the one in control of space, matter, and time. So he gives the orders. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. You can't really argue with that, right? No. Nope. Junior goes to see Seven of Nine and he snaps his fingers and her uniform disappears. <laughs> and he says, talk about perfection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I find it interesting <clears throat> that he's got uh, a sexual appetite when... The other cue when they made them, they had to talk about it and then snap their fingers or touch fingers together. And that was the the bulk of it. So I find it interesting that he actually feels, because this is not the only time he actually has um, uh, a desire that way, you know. And then Hugh Jr.? Yeah. Hugh Jr.? Yeah, about about attractive females and whatnot. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, he's a horny (laughs) four-year-old. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Don't you remember when you were four, Terry? (laughs) All I knew was Transformers. That was the first time I think we ever saw Seven without her uniform. I think? Uh, Like naked? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was definitely a shock for the viewers. Oh, totally. That was, you know, that was fan service, I'm sure. I'm sure, yeah. I suppose, but it was like shoulders, back of the shoulders. Oh, yeah, yeah. They didn't show much. Yeah. The the show's PG, obviously, but yeah. But I uh, I I, I can see Jay picturing it right now. I he am picturing. <laughs> I have him staring <laughs> out into back. the, I, I, I into like the trees. There, it's just coming back to me. I don't know her. if you're bringing it up, but her reaction to it. Oh, well, she, I like the reaction. Yeah, she's they she, she doesn't sorry, care. But, well, no, yeah, she didn't care because Janeway um, kind of decided like the best course of action was to just just ignore Junior and the things he's doing, mm-hmm. uh, hoping he'll get bored and just leave. Yeah, right. So. Um, yeah, she, she's unfazed. She just continues working. Um, but, the the, the ignoring plan doesn't really work like this nope. doesn't, that's not enough to get him to leave. So Neelix suggests that he could be Junior's personal mentor. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> what could go wrong here? Um, I think this makes a lot of sense though, because Neelix on the ship, he is usually the one with the children and like helping the kids mm-hmm. out and stuff like that. So it makes sense that he'd step up and want to do this. 
but it doesn't really work out. Uh, Junior calls Neelix a kitchen rat. <laughs> and then he fuses his jaw shut and removes his vocal cords. <laughs> Terry, how many times have you wanted to do that to me? Oh, man. It was like the greatest moment. <laughs> that could have been a little bit of fan service too for all Yeah, yeah I mean, for I, Terry it was. It really could have been. I'm like, don't change him back. Don't the, change him back. The, the fascinating part about that scene is that Junior was... was Neelix said, what are you watching? And he's watching a battle take place and he's just zapping enemies into yeah. the fold so that they can fight each other in real time, in real life. And it just put gives you the scope that cues have. Yes. Um, it's it a was, video. Life is a video game yeah, for them. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, he was watching a live battle happen. That he was and, creating and in the then, fly. I don't know if he was even creating. Yeah, exactly. He was like manipulating it as mm-hmm. it was happening. So he's watching a couple ships fight and then he throws a new ship into the mix <laughs> that shouldn't have been there yeah. and changes the course of that fight. And that's, that's, yeah, like Jay said, that's how they roll. They just yeah. they mess around with stuff. I could I could see why it gets life becomes so boring for them if that's uh, if they can do that like immediately. It's like getting a cheat code on a game that you love. As soon as you play that cheat code, it kind of despoils the game. So yeah, like uh, a serious cheat code, I guess. Well, I mean, there is a really good Q episode that, you know, I, I think for a second we consider doing, but it's um, it's more about how, uh, it's a bit of a heavier topic mm. that maybe we can do one day, but um, it's more about a Q who's kind of seen everything and done everything yeah. and doesn't want to live anymore and wants to kind of, you know, end his existence because he's so bored now with everything. Mm-hmm. So That's a phenomenal episode. It's a, it is a great episode, yeah. Now... Q Jr. calls Janeway to the bridge. Which is funny. <laughs> Four-year-old. Yeah. Hey, Captain, get to the bridge. He has, uh, he's got three Borg cubes attacking Voyager now. Because <laughs> yeah. he's bored. He's bored. Well, he wants to see um, how the crew will react under pressure. Mm-hmm. And uh, Voyager tries to fight back, doesn't go very well. The Borg board and are about to assimilate Janeway. When all the Borg disappear mm-hmm. and Q Senior appears and he is super pissed off. Yeah. He um, he screams at Q Junior. He says, if the continuum has told you once, it's told you a million times, do not provoke the Borg. <laughs> yeah. Which is hilarious. Yeah. Fav- my favorite line in the entire episode yeah. was it, that one. Yeah, but do not uh, provoke the Borg. Also for the reasons that he was the first one to introduce the Borg to Starfleet <laughs> yeah. back in Next Gen. He brought like, yeah. Jean-Luc and the crew to the Borg. So it's hilarious. <laughs> first of all, that, that they're scared of provoking the Borg. Yeah. Like yeah. this race that has like control of everything or yeah. shouldn't be afraid of anything uh they're worried about provoking the borg it's hilarious i feel like the borg are like a a, a swarm of bees and they just swatted them and threw them into a bunch of humans that's a perfect analogy yeah that's exactly what happened yeah do not provoke the would well, be cool to see like if a borg could assimilate a, a q or something like that oh man be an interesting that... kind of what if story that would Ooh. be uh, unless the that'd q be... lost his power that'd be like an impossibility right because the Q is like God, mm-hmm. like he's so powerful that it, it's uh, everything's minuscule to it. So yeah. uh, that would be an evil Q, though. That'd be int- that'd be really interesting. I'd, I'd watch that. Oh, I'd yeah. watch the shit. I out guess of that they episode. wouldn't. Uh, the Borg Q wouldn't be assimilating anything because there's nothing better. Probably it probably wouldn't need to, or yeah. I don't know, or maybe it just is like mass assimilation somehow. <laughs> Snaps his fingers and everybody's, <laughs> and everybody's assimilated. <laughs> that's the end. It could be a real boring that's episode. The end, actually, that's actually. the end. It's yeah. only a three minute episode and. Uh, Star Trek's over. <laughs> so Q Senior puts everything back to normal, and he's explaining to Janeway. Ever since Junior has been around, he's brought chaos. He's been starting wars between innocent species. He's been tampering with primordial gene pools, whatever that means, and punching <laughs> holes through space and time. 
and Senior has brought Junior here in the hopes that Janeway will teach Junior how to behave. And he says he did this because Janeway is like a mother to her crew. So who better to do it than Janeway? Mm -hmm. Now, uh, this is a really interesting dynamic going on in the show here because it is like a father, mother, and son dynamic, even though Janeway is in no way the mother but she cues right like Janeway is like a mother to her crew right Mm -hmm. so he sees that uh, I think he said the the actual mother was like took off right away yeah wanted nothing to do with him nothing to do with him so he's got you know he's the father with the son needs a motherly figure and this is his plan is to to come to Janeway that's all he knows you know that's Mm -hmm. the only person he knows that can do this so it, it all makes sense I like it now um She's definitely not interested, though, and Q just continues, like, trying. He's trying and trying and trying. At, at mm. one point, he uh, he shows up in her bath. She's enjoying the bath. <laughs> and he just appears in the bath in his Starfleet uniform. It would have been funnier great. if if he wasn't in the Starfleet uniform, just had a little, uh, the little uh, communicator on his chest. I don't know. I liked the uniform. I liked that. He might not even get it. He might no. not even understand that. Like in a bath, you are supposed to take her clothes privacy, off. Yeah. You, I don't know. It, it was funny. It looked really funny because she, she was not in her uniform, and uh, <laughs> he's just sitting there in his uniform. She but, wasn't very impressed either. No, she, oh, obviously, uh, she's never impressed with you. Ever. No, <laughs> her and Jean Luc uh, share that that this disdain for him being oh, yeah. realized at all. But it, it makes sense. Like all these cues, these cues do is just like screw with them. They just yeah. like mess their shit up. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's annoying. Um. Q and the Continuum decide it's best to leave Junior on Voyager without any of his powers. So this is a neat twist we get here. Mm-hmm. So they tell him he has one week to change his ways or they're going to turn him into an amoeba. <laughs> which, he, which he'd already been for a short period <laughs> yeah, of time there. They turned him into it for like yeah a couple seconds just to show him <laughs> what it was like. <laughs> and he did not enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Janeway tells Junior... That he is no longer in control of space, matter, and time. And that she gives the orders now. Mm-hmm. I like it. Nice yep. one, Janeway. Yep. Nice one. Way to stick it back Drop to Drop the him. hammer yeah. on. So Q Jr., he starts taking some classes. And they're trying to teach him about how his actions <laughs> can cause reactions and have consequences. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's funny that like he wouldn't <laughs> understand that. You know, but well, it makes sense. But it's funny that you wouldn't understand that if you do something, there can be repercussions for yeah. that. It makes a hundred percent sense because um, they say the people that have the least ability to uh, um, do good are often the very, very privileged and never had to work for something, never had sure, to do yeah, anything. Good point. And so um, they don't recognize uh, how their actions affect others because it's everything's been about them. Now, heighten that to the sense of a near godling uh, that uh, that does it. And uh, the fact that he snapped his fingers and three Borg cubes were about to destroy the ship. What would happen? He just snapped his fingers and got the hell out of there after it's done and never thought about it again, you know? Sure, so, yeah. So they put uh, they put Junior in a negotiating situation. Oh yeah, and he cheats his way out. <laughs> like so far, they've done some stuff, and it's just a big joke for for Junior. He's like not taking it very seriously. Um, he gets a chance to serve some food in the kitchen with Neelix, and Echeb comes in to see if Junior wants to go hang out, mm-hmm. and he offers it up in like this very Borg way, and he says. Uh, I was wondering if you'd like to participate in some recreational activities. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Sounds relaxing. It's, it's great. 
uh, just the way that they talk. It's it, ma- it makes you wonder if if that's him asking for him or if Janeway put him up to ask him that question. I think he was just asking. I think, I think so. I think they're, they're about the same yeah. age. Each yeah. and this Q Jr. They don't have a lot of uh, similar aged people to hang out with. So right. it makes 100% sense why they would bond in any way. Right. So Ichab says he can't go, though, because Janeway's given him an essay to write. And uh, he takes this opportunity to basically get Ichab to write it for him, which is smart thinking. But Janeway reads it, and she knows immediately that Ichab wrote it. Mm-hmm. Right? She knows his writing. Uh, they started the episode with uh, her getting a report from him. So she 34 chapters. 34 lines. chapters. <laughs> she read yep. some of it. Yep. Uh, so she's really pissed off here. She uh, calls him into... Um, uh, her ready room and she basically tells him he's out of chances he can go wait in his quarters until uh q senior returns and that's it he's done right he's gonna get turned to an amoeba junior's asking for one more chance he says he doesn't want to be turned into the amoeba janeway says well all right i'll give you one more chance but this is your last chance and she's very serious about it right she's being a, a real hard ass here she's mm-hmm. not happy yeah so she dismisses him and then we get a little smirk from her like this was kind of her plan was to play hardball and uh she kind of manipulated him in a way i got i got the the sense that the smirk came from the fact that for the first time since he was turned into a human or maybe in his entire life he actually sensed that he was in real trouble that he needed to actually learn from his mistakes and go in the right direction just even a little bit and i think that's my sense was she smirked because she actually finally saw something in him that was um, redeemable. That was redeemable. I, I agree. I also think that part of that <clears throat> smirk, because um, earlier in that episode, she told Q she's not a parent. And in that moment, she kind of was a parent. So maybe there's some personal growth there for her, personal satisfaction, because I don't think she ever had children. No. Right? So. No. Yeah. This, this ep- the funny thing about Star Trek and the Q in this is they're such powerful beings. They're such way above humanity that it's in some ways not even comparable in in any particular way but they tie it into a, a human parent and like mother son relationship father son relationship in a way that makes sense for us to watch it and right. it's it's actually pretty amazing to see them uh, they compare something so powerful to something that relates to us yeah you're you're right about that they do always do an excellent job uh, with the Q episodes and re- making it relatable for us to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's a good point. I, I... I, when uh, when she dismisses him, like she does it very sternly, you know, dismissed. Oh, yeah. And... Yeah. He starts uh, taking everything very seriously and he's working very hard. He does become really good friends with Icheb. Later on, Icheb invites him to go on a piloting lesson that Tom Paris is giving. Oh, yeah. So... Q Sr. shows up here a couple days early to check out to see how Junior's doing. And he's actually surprised to find that Junior is trying and taking this seriously. And and I feel like he's enjoying it. He's kind of enjoying like the new situation. Uh, Senior's not impressed, though. He says the Continuum will accept nothing less than exemplary... Cuness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exemplary. That's a tough exemplary cuness. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I love this because Janeway's been really frustrated at a lot of different parts in this episode. And there's been a, a few points where I've seen that they kind of had her almost like fake that she was going to swear. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't. Mm-hmm. So like she kind of starts off like with the F syllable and then goes to something else. And it was really, really neat. But 
This is another great moment. She's slumped over in her chair with her hand on her head. <laughs> and she <laughs> just about swears at him. She's so frustrated. And she's like, basically says, like, what the, like, what the fuck is cuteness? Like, what even is that? What do you, you want him to have more? Like, I don't even know what this is. It's, she, she's so, so frustrated. That's like her moment of the epitome of I can't handle this anymore. Yeah. So I loved it. She did a great job in this episode of just like, it is. Good. I don't know. She, she's really good in it. Yeah. She's kind of the star of this episode, I think. Yeah. You can, uh, she, she held it together pretty good. She bit her tongue a lot of the time and she sold the scene just with her expressions mm-hmm. Yeah, and her mannerisms and right. her body language. Yeah. And it was just perfect. I think I got a, a an insight that I never had before about the Q because Q was Jean-Luc Q with, um, with uh, Janeway, every time they seem to be most satisfied being around humans is when they've exasperated them to the point where they are no longer uh, in control of their their faculties. And it's at that moment they're like, okay, I understand now what uh, what I'm trying to learn about a human, and they they move on, you know. But they got to push that button as far as they could go before it happens. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're getting something out of that. I suspect maybe, so because they keep coming back to humans and and tormenting them. And uh, maybe as humans we uh, release a certain pheromone in that moment, <laughs> and the Q just love it, and they just have to sniff it up. I don't know. Is that weird? It is a bit weird. <laughs> okay, sorry. I'll edit that out. No, you better <laughs> leave that you in. Keep the yeah, you have to. Leave okay, that. hold on. Moving on. Moving on. Janeway goes to talk to Junior after Senior is unimpressed with his performance. And this is a really cool scene. I love this. She lets him know if he does fail in the eyes of the continuum, she'll ask for him to remain on board Voyager as a human. That's a great moment. Yeah, it's a great moment because at this point, we know that Voyager gains crew and loses crew. So there is a real possibility that he joins the crew here as a human, Mm -hmm. which would be very cool. It would Right? Like having a Q turn to human... On Voyager, I think that would really work well. I'd, I'd be down for that. Especially you know, if he had latent abilities, you know, like just that little hint of Q left in him. He, yeah, what he would have is a bit of, he'd still have some knowledge, right? Yeah. Which we actually get to see a little bit uh, coming up here. But he'd, he'd still have uh, knowledge that other people might not have in certain mm-hmm. areas. So I really like that they threw that in there. Um, now, Junior says that he appreciates that offer, but he doesn't want to be human. He wants to be Q. I got from Janeway also, this is the first, the sense, the first sense that she's accepted him as more than just an annoying cube rat. That's true. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Now, uh, Junior has a plan. He wants to kind of surprise Tom Paris and fix an ion imbalance in the Delta Flyer. And he asks Ichab to go with him and uh, Ichab agrees. But Junior decides that he actually wants to take the Delta Flyer out for a little rip through space. <laughs> He wants to open up a spatial rift so they can go check out the females of the Clovari system. <laughs> Terry, you alluded to this earlier. I did. He likes his women. He's a horny four-year-old. He really yep. is. And what's so good about the Clovari system? I wonder. Oh, I don't know. It sounds nice, though, doesn't there's, it? There's mermaid it's like women. Fort Lauderdale and uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. spring break or something. Legendary mermaids. That's what I got out of that scene. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like fun. I mean, he's going there for a reason. Um Ichab, though, he wants to know, like, what's up, uh, why why he's doing this. He's kind of throwing everything away here, right? Like, everything he's been working for. And uh, Junior basically says he's trying to escape before his father can turn him into an amoeba. So his father came, is not impressed. Junior kind of feels like he's already failed, and he may as well just try to escape. Escape where? 
I don't know. I mean, like, to the Kovari system. Any, <laughs> they could go anywhere. Yeah. He couldn't even become an amoeba without them finding him. That's so. what he said, that he knows some hidden spots. He did say that, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Whatever that means. I mean, I don't I don't know. Fair but, enough. I just feel, feel he couldn't escape. He probably wouldn't. Like, they, I'm sure yeah. Senior would find him. They have a tracking device they, on him. Yeah. Low jacked him. Yeah. They needed the episode to keep happening, so they <laughs> put that in there. So. Yeah. So they, um, they make their way through this rift. But quickly on the other side, they're disabled by the Chokuzon. I love that name. <laughs> Chokuzon. Choking on. And they're placed under arrest. But uh, Junior decides he'd rather fight back. So he, he shoots the Chokuzon ship and retreats. And uh, he opens up another spatial rift to escape. But in the process, uh, they fire on the ship and Icheb gets injured somehow. Some sort and of jolted. blast. Yeah, so um, he's actually worried for Icheb here. He's concerned for Icheb's well-being and decides to head back to Voyager because that's where they'll be able to help him. Senior shows up here. Janeway tells Senior what Junior has done. And Senior says that he's not going to help. He's not going to do anything. And that if Icheb has to die for Junior to learn his lesson, then so be it. That was a great moment because... As the audience, you you don't want each up to die, but you agree with cute. Yeah, you're you're standing with him. Like this is the lesson that must be learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah that, that is how I felt. Mm. Yeah. So Janeway tells Junior that he's going to go back to the Chokuzon ship that he attacked and apologize and find out what they did to Ichab and how to reverse it. Now, do you guys remember the Chokuzon ship? It was a real cool looking ship. I remember it like being a, a lot larger, but I don't remember. It was real it was big, but it just had a it was a really cool design. Yeah, I don't know, it just stood out to me a little bit. Now, Junior and Janeway go back to the Chokuzon ship, and Janeway starts to apologize. Basically says, like, um, you know, we're sorry for all this, you know, our I four year old member. Yeah, four, he's, only, he's only four years old, he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> and uh, the Chokuzon guy there, he says that he uh, he accepts Junior's apology. But Janeway will be held responsible for his crimes because uh, in their society, the elders or the parents are are held responsible for the actions of the kids. So uh, Junior uh, doesn't like this, though, because he you know doesn't want Janeway to get in trouble. She's been very helpful to him. And uh, he, he says it's his fault. It's no one else's fault that he wants to take full responsibility for it. And then that's it. And the Chokuzan starts laughing and says he's proud of him. And then he snaps his fingers and the Chokuzon is Q Senior. Uh, this is funny because we were talking, just talking about how Junior's not going to be able to get away, right? Like anywhere he tries to run to, Senior's going to find him. Yeah. And we said he's got some hiding spots. As soon as he goes through that spatial rift, the first person he encounters immediately <laughs> is his dad, yeah. who's waiting there for him. Yeah. It's like there is no escape. Yeah, <laughs> like, there he, is none. Senior knows what he's doing, right? Can follow him at all times. Yeah. So that's funny. <laughs> and that that whole part right there in my mind is the ultimate um redemption for junior q like what he's he, that the was, fact yeah. that he he took the responsibility mm-hmm. and sacrificed himself for uh, a fellow being uh was the ultimate redemption and as a fan or as a, um, a viewer we were happy to see it because we're journeying through his eyes uh, through the, this episode basically in yeah. my opinion i feel like i'm in his eyes and rooting for him to succeed so and it's it's very much a uh, I I've brought this up before, but uh, it speaks to Janeway's character and speaks to Star Trek. You know, she encouraged him to go back to the race to apologize. 
and ask for forgiveness. And that's very much Star Trek. That's very much Janeway. Mm-hmm. There's there's no other solution to this. You have to apologize. You have to plead your case. And, and I just really like the innocence of that. It was the right thing to do. So. Mm-hmm. This is what he was looking for. Like these these qualities is what the continuum and and Q senior were looking for out of Junior, right? Like he didn't care about these essays that Junior was writing or like learning about whatever a fucking Delta flyer and how to fly. Like none of that mattered. And it's all like why would any of that matter to the continuum, right? It's like mm-hmm. his they wanted him to build character. Yeah. So I <laughs> think senior even he made a point he's like like all your tests were like useless so i had to take matters into my own yeah. hands and create this test that he could pass so obviously like the things that janeway was teaching him slowly brought him to the place that he got to with um senior's test right like he, yeah. he wouldn't have just done that without being on the on voyager for a week but janeway wasn't doing you know the more aggressive tests that uh senior wanted to see so mm-hmm. Um, so it's time for junior to go for his judgment (laughs) with the continuum. And we get to see three cues here and they're all in that original queue, uh, outfits, um, from the, the first time that they were in next gen. That's a nice throwback. The adjudicator or whatever it is from Farpoint. They're such weird outfits. Yeah, Mm. they are weird. Uh, but they find that Q junior has not made sufficient progress to be reinstated in the continuum. And they say he won't, however, be turned into an amoeba. So that's good news. He'll suffer the next worst fate. (laughs) (laughs) He will remain a human, (laughs) which is awesome. I would like to believe there's steps in between amoeba and human, but uh, not an accusei. Not a Ferengi, not anything, but a human. Not even like a a puppy or something like that. It's a classic, classic moment. The cues do not, they do not look at us very uh, highly. They certainly come down to human uh, existence a lot, though. Yeah, that's right, eh? Uh, Q Sr. is outraged, though, and he disappears. And uh, Junior tells Janeway that he'd like to stay if she'd still have him. So, um, looks like he's going to join the crew, except Sr. immediately comes back and explains he demanded an appeal and threatened to leave the Continuum. And since he's the only one holding things together, they had to agree to reinstate Junior. So, Sr. lets Junior know he wants to spend some quality time with him, which is nice. We get, like, a First kind of like moment where the father wants to be around the son and yeah. like wants to spend time together. So that's good. And um, this is really all that Junior wanted in the first place was like his father's acceptance, right? Yeah. He just wants to be accepted as, you know, as, as who he is. So Q offers Janeway a little gift here and shows her a way to take a couple of years off their journey. Now, that didn't mean too much at the time, but I was uh, uh, looking into that a little bit and apparently... Uh, he called it homework. What it was, was it was a like information that would lead her to the Borg trans warp hub, which plays a major role in the mm-hmm. final really? two episodes. That's cool. Uh, wow. That's what he gave her. Wow. That is that, that changes my perspective. Uh, I mean, cause it was cute. Like you said, that introduced humanity to the Borg and this was him almost coming full circle and giving them a way to, escape the Borg to go back home. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. Wow. Yeah. Tim, you that blew was, my mind. That that's was really neat. That's um, crazy. That's really cool. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> now Jay's not going to be able to drive home. No, <laughs> no, I just, I have a chubby right now. You can't see it, but it's here. Like, <laughs> I need that, more that's... space. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I like this though, because Janeway asks, why not just send us all the way home? And Q says, what type of example would he set for Junior if he did all the work for her? So what a great moment, because now <clears throat> Q has learned something too. Q Senior has learned something, right? That that his actions have reactions and responsibilities. So he doesn't just want to send them home like he could. Mm -hmm. He wants them to kind of earn it. Now, in a way, he does send them home, right? But, but he still but makes them earn it. He, they obviously still have to earn it um, mm -hmm. with, with like, you know, we won't get into what happens in the finale or anything like that. Or if they even do make it home, because we don't, we don't know. We haven't seen that episode yet, but, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yes, some, yes, some of us only seen yes. it once or twice. <laughs> Others yes. have seen it about thirty or forty times. <laughs> ah, wonderful. Um, another thing that I really like about this uh, episode is you can almost break it down into a three-act uh, explanation, where the first act is Q Junior. It's kind of about him. He's in control. He's like running amok. Mm -hmm. Act two is Janeway kind of reining him in and teaching him like how to be a better person. And then act three is Q senior kind of coming in and running his own tests and then forcing his initiative with the continuum. So it's that whole like father, uh, mother, son dynamic. And then mm -hmm. they kind of split it out in the episode and give them all their times to shine. That's very good. Um, that I, I really, really liked the way they did this episode. It was a mm -hmm. lot of fun. It was well-written. It was kind of like well laid out. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was a really good one. Yeah. This, uh, this episode reminds me greatly of, uh, I wish I could remember the name of it, but there was an episode in Next Generation, um, which is perhaps 10 years before this episode ever came out ish and um it was an episode where q senior just q uh, the one that they always knew john delancey had pissed off so many different races and so many different things and q the continuum was tired of cleaning up after them so um corbin burnson ends up playing um the the member of q that represents the continuum and takes away q john delancey's power and strand strands him on earth or on um uh enterprise with john mm -hmm. luke's enterprise now, I can't remember if it's because Q requested that, because if he's going to live a humanoid kind of life, he wanted that, or if they just thought it was a good fit. And many of these similarities happened back then to Senior. And uh, mm. so it would make sense to me why he would throw uh, throw Junior on a, a starship the same way, because the of his their, their, their storylines uh, yeah. followed somewhat similar, not completely, but somewhat similar. Interesting. And uh, I don't want to spoil that episode just in case we want to come back to it, but yeah. uh, um, there there's a lot of good in that one as well. And it was a little bit lighthearted just like this and yeah. uh, had a lot of um, good messages to it. Yeah, cool. That's a great, that's a great point, Terry. So... Unfortunately, Janeway didn't die in this one, nor was the ship destroyed. <laughs> Unfortunately. Normally we like to talk about, uh, kind of, I, <laughs> I test you guys on, uh, like how many times has Janeway died or how many times has the ship blown up? Because usually when we cover an episode that yeah. one of those two things happens. Yeah. Yeah. Q interrupted it too that... soon though. The Borg would have made that happen. <laughs> but yeah, out of all true. the episodes, like it, it seems like one with a Q that would happen, right? Yeah. At some point they would, one of them would die or explode and then Q would bring them back. But there was no death or explosion of yeah. the ship in this one. So that's not uh, something we can talk about this time. So no, no. we'll just move on to what if. What if? <laughs> yeah. Fortunately. <laughs> Fortunately, the whole universe didn't explode, but <laughs> Thank you.
If. All right. What if, guys, after the cues had left, Janeway just repeats the actions Q Jr. took to open the spatial rift and use that to get home? What if she was capable of doing so? Well, why not just do, like, what Q Jr. did was he typed mm-hmm. in commands into the yeah. Delta Flyer and created a rift, a spatial yeah. rift to go wherever he wants, really. Why doesn't Janeway just do that after they leave? Like, obviously, what he did is still programmed into the computer. The, yeah. the, the computer of the Delta Flyer has a record of that. Why not just figure out what he did, do the same thing, and go home? Well, the sarcastic nature in me says because they had six more episodes still to make in this, <laughs> yeah, know, in this series, and they would have been they would have been done the next episode. That's so. the logical Vulcan yeah. answer. <laughs> so, um, what if they had? Well, there's quite a bit, and I don't want to destroy what happens in the final episode. No, don't, don't, don't. But do there's quite a bit that, of but... things that would get undone if that was uh, if that were the case, and it would have cheated the fans out of a real ending. You know, like, yeah. oh, by the way, we've been waiting for six and a half seasons or seven and a half seasons to uh, to get back home. And we just kind of did it. What if instead then, what if they just used it to like bounce through like larger gaps of space? Yeah. And like what if you 20 kinda... years instead of yeah. years? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what if instead of like the, the big jump at the end, I think they their final jump is like 30 years at the end. Yeah. But what if they just take for the next five episodes, jump like four years each time and just the last five episodes or just them making these big jumps encountering whatever in that one episode and then finally getting home um i think it'd be kind of funny it would be like a little interesting kind of jab to the cue that they you know didn't really didn't maybe didn't foresee that that this could have happened or or i think it would have been a difficult i'm not saying that the writers are not capable because they really are but it would have been a difficult thing to present to the audience meaning um we had jumps before you know where uh uh, Kess helps them jump 10 years and uh, the other sporadic ones. But 10 years in a 60-year journey, they were still out in the middle of buttfuck nowhere, right? Um, here, to get close like close to the end of the series and then all of a sudden they just jump them forward, that would have been a very difficult pacing issue. You know, like uh, everything was pretty slow going and then all of a sudden, by the way, guys, we're going to do this. And we've had major jumps, but to do like five, uh, mm-hmm. I'm not against the idea. It just would have been a, a challenge for the writers to pace it. I, I think I would have preferred that to the 30 year jump we got. I, I feel like that, and that was a bit too abrupt. It's it was too much too soon. I'll have um, to wait for the. I have to re rewatch. You, you have to watch that final episode for the first time, right? No, I've, Once seen, we get it, there. I've seen it twice. Terry, but I can't no, we've not, we haven't seen it yet. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. <laughs> you, you've seen it like seventy-five times. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna go the op- the opposite of what you guys are talking about. Okay. I think that if if Janeway had the the inkling to want to try to repeat what Q Junior has did to open that rift, shoots her to the beginning all over again. Not to the beginning, but what's to say they're pushed back a few years? That's what I mean. Right like, back like, to like to the point where it's. As the audience watching that, you're going to feel what the crew feels. They're going to find out they actually went back. They backtracked. Maybe they're just seeing of Janeway in her quarters going down on her knees and just, like, feeling... Defeated. Defeated. I mean, that would be... I mean, that's something you'd probably want to do, like, you know, midway in the season, not your I like that season, as well, though. That's, I that's like that as well. Idea. Like, it, it just shows you everyone makes mistakes and, and you're playing with temporal mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think that would be really cool if they did that. Yeah, I think so too. He they tried to hack Q's uh, Q's uh, help, 
and he he's smart enough to know that they might try that right and to punish them he sends them back but then you can make one or two episode double episode of them trying to redeem themselves and they do and get back to where they yeah. they first uh, yeah, that, they just recently left yeah you know? it, right. it wouldn't have been an uncommon element for voyager because mm-hmm. they've done episodes like that before where they've they've made mistakes they've made errors and they've yeah. had to redeem themselves and yeah and they could have done it but the the show was reaching its its finish and there just wasn't enough time at that yeah. point because this was episode nineteen out of uh, yeah. twenty five or something. It was, yeah. They were like, yeah. You're, I think you're exactly right there. So. Um, but they did a great job for pacing it anyway. And those jumps, they were significant. But like, I'm thinking of Kessa's jump, the ten year. That was one, the biggest uh, jump, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was what in the first or second season. And no, that was like season four. Was it that late? Okay, or yeah, season three, end of season three. So it was a big jump, but when you're 50, 50 or sixty years away, and now you're only forty or fifty years away, it still does. Outside of getting outside of those those dangers that you were just in, there's no real difference to the fans. You're you're still no. decades away and and lots to go. So right, but this it's is like different. you're gonna you're now instead of making it home when you're like hundred and twenty, you're gonna make it home. You'll be hundred and ten. Yeah, right. That's Which exactly kind of like. It. Uh, what it was but okay cool guys that was a fun episode it definitely was, was. Yeah. thanks for joining thank we'll... you for having us over oh, anytime uh, we'll do it again soon hopefully Not in... certainly <laughs> <laughs> you guys seem unsure <laughs> I don't know you were staring at Terry I, was, I didn't I, know what was I, happening I was there. waiting for an Enterprise joke so. <laughs> yeah it was in my head I was trying to hold back on it but uh No, that's good. Guys, thanks. Thank you again. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.